There is a specter haunting gaming, the specter of communism. Now, and for the first time, we are announcing the first international mind games vanguard. Listener, fellow gamer, it is with great honor and distinction. Oh, I, I, I got this better. Boom. Oh, my Watch. God. Okay. Listener, fellow gamer, it is with great honor and distinction that we welcome you to the Mind Games Vanguard Party. Together, united, we will overthrow those who would have us leave our bedrooms. Standing in solidarity, we will defy the tyrants that would have us eat anything besides Hot Pockets and Mountain Dew. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Standing side by side, our power is unmatched against those who would have us log off and touch grass and go to the gym. No. No. Together, and only together, can we rise and take what is rightfully ours. But only if you tell your friends and family about this podcast. Gamers of the Worlds Unite! You have nothing to lose but the mods! editing so much (laughs) i was up till 2 30 doing the last episode well in fairness to provide some context uh i asked alex to give us a summary of the bay of pigs and he decided to start with chris columbus (laughs) (laughs) so i had to we it took us a really long time classic to like get him to you know 1950 (laughs) um thank you because that's where we really needed to start um okay All right, I think we should each volunteer. Oh, boy. Which, all right, you are a... Which, which Sonic character is most fun? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you are a futurist at the Department of Defense, and you are assisting with writing the next home front mm-hmm. or the next um, Freedom Fighters or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Which country would you pick as the antagonist and... If you're a futurist trying to cast this into real life, what happens if that if and when that country tries to invade US soil? Ooh. Mm. <laughs> we can take a minute. So who's Oh, I I got one. Okay. I got one right off the bat. Hell Go yeah. for it. All right. You ready for this? Hit us. Mexico. <laughs> yes. It's gotta be. Okay. And what happened? Here's the thing. There's an established fifth column there already, right? There's <laughs> true. tons of Latinos all across America. That's true. And then there's like, you could do sort of like quasi Ozatlan type of thing. Um, you could also bring in maybe some like quasi Mexican revolution stuff. Cause you know, they had a 
more progressive revolution than we did. Um, reclaiming land, you could get some of that. That's a hot button issue right now. They could uh, retake the Alamo. Yeah, that'd be yeah, level. exactly. How great would that as a level? Yeah. And then also, not that this would probably be in the video game, but like, it's literally in the Book of Mormon that that'll happen. Really? Nobody, none of the, none of the white people talk about it, <laughs> but it's in there. That's it's amazing. like crazy. What's the, what, like in what, uh, yeah, what's I mean, if it's, if it's too deep of like Mormon lore, we can ignore okay. it. I want to get into it. I kind of want to know, like, what's the, how That's does that happen? For. Well, that's the thing, right? Not to be all like, oh, you know, missionary or, or whatever, but like the general premise of the book is that like the people of like America were like, you know, believed in Christianity and stuff. And so like basically the Indians and the like indigenous Mexicans were all supposed to be like this like people, right? Right. And then there's like, whole sections of the book of mormon where they like take the land back and nobody talks about that that's huh. crazy that's yeah. really cool though i, didn't know I can that at all. i you know i always figured that the reason my cousin who went on a mission in peru was so successful with his <laughs> mm-hmm. like conversion count <laughs> had a lot to do with uh poverty um yeah. but i could see myself joining a religion where the missionary was telling me look like you're you're gonna take you're gonna like over to, you're gonna topple Washington. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe yeah. not maybe not Washington, but definitely Flagstaff. <laughs> yeah, hey, <right. laughs> you're gonna hang <laughs> from a lamppost. Okay, I can get down with that now. <laughs> See, yeah, that's no, why Homefronts <laughs> really didn't like explore all the possibilities. Honestly, yeah, yeah it was a real real uh, whiff on that one. Um, also, like. Why North Korea? Wait, we'll get into that. that. We'll get into that. Do you guys have any answers as to who Uh, would invade and how it would go? Does it have to be the U.S. that's being invaded? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I said that. Okay. Uh, Canada. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Canada's uh, tiny government is officially (laughs) purchased by the uh, oil interests. I like where this is going. Okay. Okay. And, you know, we let our guard down because, you know... Canada is uh, oh the nice yeah, 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 yeah they're 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 not brown so we no one cares mm, whether true. or not they're coming into the country <laughs> right right like oh they're just on vacation oh yeah they tip shitty but it's okay oh you're talking sleeper cells yeah Canadian yeah, sleeper yeah. cells yeah the the snowbird <laughs> the snowbird fucking Trojan horse oh man yeah, Drake. Boom. oh Drake. shit <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> They could, they Trevor Noah. There, there'd just be like a Bob Hortons everywhere. That'd be horrible. Oh yeah, I'm imagining that they like put um, arsenic in all of the maple syrup exports, <laughs> yeah. and like that's like that's Ooh. the triggering event, right? And there's like millions, millions dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then while we're while we while we're bent to the will of their maple syrup attack, they activate their sleeper cells. There we go. Uh, we nice. could see. I, all right. I think that we could be futurists. <laughs> I think we're. Kate, we're Kate, you got one? Here. I think Switzerland invades using, for gameplay purposes only, only customizable Swiss Army knives. Oh, I like that. And Swiss weapons. <laughs> they make some cool guns. That's true. They do make they a do. fuck ton of guns. Oh, so. they make so many yeah. guns. Oh, and they God. make up most of the cool mm. ones. So. And oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if I can get my hands on a. Oh, who's it? Uh, is it. Fuck, what company is that? B&T? Oh. 
Oof. Nice, nice. Oof. Also sig, but oof, oof. Give me a B and T. Um, <laughs> no, I'll give you a B and T, baby. They fund it with the Nazi gold that they have there hidden. Yeah, up. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, there. Think of it this way, because I mean, how much American money is tied up in Swiss bank accounts? True. Especially True. of the the ruling class, they got them by the balls. If they just cut those off, man, yeah. that would really mess things up. That'd be funny. That'd be great. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. kind of the premise of Homefront: The Revolution, on a certain level. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Canada too. Yeah. Um, I don't have another good one. Um, you can have Canada. Let me think of another one. <laughs> okay. Well, let's do that I mean, now. like Honestly, Brazil, making might be it fun. North Korea. Making it North Korea is almost as like outlandish as making it Cuba. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, it's just like that's the game we did. Similarly. Last <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I like at least Brazil has the industrial capacity and the numbers and like that. That makes sense. Like the Korean Peninsula just doesn't quite. They don't have resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have resources, but not. Well, they have Silicon River. Well, it's, oh, and yeah. it's both Koreas, right? I mean, they, that's they the unite, whole thing right. is that they're yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. Unified Korea one day. Can you imagine the shitty K-pop mm-hmm. that would come out of that? No, it would be illegal. <laughs> Ooh, okay. K-pop's um, illegal in North Korea, right? Or is that propaganda? Jimmy, do you know? Uh, no, it's not. I don't think it's accurate because there are actually videos of North Koreans watching a concert uh, with K-pop, and they're just like stone face because they're just like <laughs> not impressed by it <laughs> i mean that's the correct response yeah honestly i i could get down with that yeah. um j i mean when you see their synchronized like routines k-pop is a little less impressive yeah well the thing with k-pop is just, just also like also all the creepy like raising teenagers to be k-pop stars in little it, groups it's kind of hunger games-esque yeah i mean <laughs> kind of is. it's really <laughs> weird I get freaked out by all those weird. Like, what are they called on Twitter? Where they make like the supercuts of oh the K-pop oh, oh, stars, the, oh, fan cams, fan cams. <laughs> Man, I hate mm-hmm. those things. I'm not yeah. that. I guess yeah. I'm not involved enough on Twitter to see the fan cams. Oh, Jimmy, did you, yeah, you saw <laughs> the. Uh, I accidentally kicked a hornet's nest of people that believe <laughs> uh, that Unit 731 uh, does not exist or didn't. Okay, I was going to ask, is like, <laughs> are like, because I don't realize uh, who, if both of you are on Twitter or not. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if you are. That was yeah, Alex. Yeah, that was if the, that was you. Yeah, that was, yeah, Mr. Cheese Pills. Okay, I'll have to go make sure I'm following you, but like. Yeah, that was insane. I was like, I would literally kick the ass of someone who oh, <laughs> said that to me yeah. in public. Like, I'd pay to see that. I've been reading, like, I was reading that book right before we got on the call. I'm just, like, really on that beat right now. What's, uh, I'm going to use the word, fu- the phrase fun fact here, but um, I'm certain it won't be fun. Uh, what is <laughs> Rarely the, is. Yeah, what is the the best fun fact you've picked up from your 731 book? Jeez. Um, a recent one was that they were trying to figure out how to induce heart attacks. So they were just injecting people with stuff to try to yeah. cause heart attacks. Yo, it's the heart attack gun. That's where it came from. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. I mean, honestly, probably, man. That's kind of crazy. That was my first thought, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've seen this before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't they hold the heart attack gun up in, like, Congress? 
Um, I they, they just held it to the so. head of a uh, Senator Sanders while he's on campaign <laughs> yeah. trails. But I'm not sure if it was actually a heart attack. Um, I, I really feel like I should know this, and I actually don't. Yeah, me neither. I know which one you're talking about, but I yeah. can't remember what it's. What the context yeah, I remember them holding the gun in the picture and everything. Yeah, but. I feel like in theory that's like less horrifying than chemical weapons, like just like demolishing your nervous system or something. But in yeah. practice, it's way scarier. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know though, because like suffocation versus. Well, like, yeah. I mean, it's all shitty. You're right. right. Yeah. I'm just saying you. You know, being able to trigger a heart attack. And, yeah, you go out quick. Yeah. Oh, I got I got another fun fact. <laughs> oh. It's actually kind of kind of heartwarming to read the stories of the different like. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> the different like prisoner revolts right yeah like in these like bioweapons areas there's like several times where they just like killed everyone they could and then like they had to like blow up the building to like keep them from like escaping i mean that's sad obviously but like all of these strong chinese people just fighting back it's a little bit inspiring to see that's pretty sick yeah Um, good on them yeah i don't know if i'd have soviets too they're in the mix yeah are there not any games mm-hmm. about China oh, I, invading or uh, attacking the US? Too big of US? a market share. Yeah. Also, yeah, but do, they don't even play. <laughs> do they play American games really? They, Cade, China. Come on. <laughs> they does is that a, a legal thing in in China? Yeah, they play. We're calling games. you in, Cade. <laughs> no, <Yeah. I'm>, that's <laughs> fine. That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking. Well, no, because there's a bunch of like Chinese games that it's really hard to get over here mm-hmm. so i don't know how it is over there and some I know of they, them are supposed to be pretty good i know they ban a bunch of movies and stuff yeah i yeah. know um honestly that's probably for the best there's a lot of shit out there <laughs> yeah that's true but i just <laughs> i'm just curious if there hasn't been but yeah I, that's that was what i was thinking is it's too much there's too much money and yeah stuff at stake. i mean i know like hearthstone's really big in yeah. china like I would imagine other Blizzard game properties. Are. Well, yeah, like, yeah. I no. mean, there's there's definitely like a big, and I, I was reading oh, I'm about sure Homefront: there The is, Revolution, yeah. and um, or maybe no, it was the, I think it was the original Homefront. Um, let's save this until we're we're okay, doing okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we can break here and we'll do the intro. You want to clap? Yeah. Well, <laughs> whoop. That's enough. <laughs> whoop whoop. Yeah, it's just. What's uh, up? <laughs> no, no, we're starting that one over. What's up? Oh my god, my fucking eardrums. We haven't even started <laughs> Sorry, the episode. Jimmy. I'm already like you're triggering my tinnitus. Uh, Alex is an old man. Welcome, welcome back, listeners. Um, to mind games. <laughs> um, gotta do it. Welcome back to uh, Florida's most successful podcast about parapolitics as explained through interactive media namely in the form of video games released after the year 2000 for now nice pretty good (laughs) nailed it cool um and uh we we fought our way to the top and we're we're hanging (laughs) on Started from Look the bottom, how Joe now we're in. No, no, we're back Started to Drake. <laughs> um, and uh, with us today, we have uh, a very special guest, as you probably heard uh, in the intro. Um, that distinct 
baritone slash bass, your favorite <laughs> researcher on Twitter, the one, the only, Jimmy Fallon. Go! <laughs> Give it up for you Jimmy, know, everybody. <laughs> you know, recently I got called, uh, my voice was called mellifluous by a actual Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say too much. Like I'm being serious. I can't say too much because of a, because of the you know legal yeah. aspect. But like, I, there's no way he'll ever hear this, so it's fine. But like, mellifluous is what he said, and I'm just like, ooh, whew, thank you. <laughs> that, 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 for that, one, that's an SAT word. That right sounds there. like a Nazi word. True. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I've never heard that word in my life before. Same. Honestly, is what does it mean, Jimmy? Like. Because I, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's, dude, it's probably in, like, Blood Meridian or something. Like, you've probably read it somewhere. I guess that's true. Um, but I Well, actually, maybe not. Cormac McCarthy probably wouldn't use the word, like, mellifluous, but, like, yeah, maybe David Foster Wallace or something. That's true. That know. is a big DFW word for Sweet sure. Sweet or musical. Yeah. Pleasant to hear. Oh, oh, not bad. That is really nice. <laughs> that's the best compliment from a Nazi I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, like, like we said, we've got Mister Mister Fallon Gong with us, and um, we're going to be doing a bit of an unconventional episode today. It's our first guest, and um, it also is our first multi-game episode. Um, so, well, we should introduce you guys. Should introduce yourselves before we get too deep into this. I'm Cade. I'm Alex. <laughs> All right, and. Jimmy. <laughs> there he Yay. is. All right. Um, we did not prepare how to have a guest <laughs> on the show, so listener, just bear with us on this one. We're, we're cutting our teeth on this one. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, um, yeah, we're having a multi-game episode um, with a theme. Uh, so we are stepping up the uh, intellectual rigor of the content here. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sure. We we will be discussing uh, Freedom Fighters, and we will be discussing Homefront, and we will be discussing Homefront the Revolution. Um, three games that are each about the United States of America being invaded by a foreign power. Um, we're going to bounce around. We are going to probably i don't think we should summarize the games because we're not going to summarize three games that'll take too long and they're too stupid to summarize um <laughs> and um we're just we're just going to jump right into it um really all you need to know like i said freedom fighters uh is about the russians winning i mean they did win world war ii but they Please, please, the Soviets. Yes. 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 Let's not erase the other socialist republics. Please. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, and, I, and, <laughs> and don't conflate it with this fucking uh, Petro ghouls. <laughs> True. Um, all right. So the Soviets invade in Freedom Fighters um, after winning World War II with a nuclear bomb in Berlin and then, you know, basically kind of r- taking the Cold War in their favor. Um in home front, North Korea invades. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember. Please, the the Democratic <laughs> People's Republic of Korea. <laughs> Thank there we you go. again. 
this is going to be the, the uh, unified, accountability hour. The unified Korean Peninsula. Right. No, Shala. honestly, if I just like go into this episode with the mindset of just correcting everyone, I think people would really like that. So please do. I'm, yeah. I'm off to yes. a good foot. I I I think <laughs> we need that, a lot of correcting. I think that this is going to be a really enlightening. Like we've had a little bit of listener feedback. People saying, "Oh, some of your takes are good. Oh, like I really enjoy the episode." But as soon as we get somebody who's like much much smarter and more coherent than we are it's gonna about. throw it into stark relief for the listener and they're gonna realize they're being calm <laughs> oh. um so yeah i don't even remember the context under which uh the dprk invades in the first home front um so first home front uh it's oh god i just i just watched the fucking video ah uh, come on come on brain which, by the way, for this appearance, I actually watched some YouTubers. Nice. Oh, thank talking you. about games. I have never done that, and I was just like, "Why do they sound like that? Like, <laughs> how do you like? Why did they all have the same vocal tics, and they're all just like extremely like weird about how they speak? I don't know. They talk funny. They are universally just like loathsome creatures like it's like, really big with 13 year olds hp lovecraft ghouls like like deep ones fish people yes like fish people um god they're yeah i'm gonna tr- i didn't watch any youtubers for this episode because i i was my my uh sanity points were running low um so i had to take a break um but anyways yeah it doesn't really matter in the first home front the DPRK invades the U.S. and then in Homefront: The Revolution, they invade the U.S. and this one I can give a quick summary. Um, they uh, basically they have a place called Silicon River as opposed to Silicon Valley that in the '70s starts producing mass-producing electronics and consumer goods that are sold all over the world. The U.S. buys a veritable shit ton of them, and then uh, our economy takes a shit. I forget why. It doesn't matter, but we default on the debts that we owe to the unified korean peninsula so they send uh korean aid workers <laughs> under the organization uh the kp aid sound familiar <laughs> and um their aid workers uh distribute goods and then colonize the u.s and uh take over and in each of these games you play as a you know red-blooded american man who's uh fighting the good fight to uh you know free lady liberty from her chains <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty good yeah synopsis. i would call these games like gladio simulators because <laughs> <laughs> like you're basically you're basically doing what would be what would like you're basically doing what gladio would have been if theoretically the soviets invaded like western europe and then the nazis activated their like terrorist spells because you're basically doing that right well before we get too into that let's talk about because we all did like different amounts of research for this um i familiarized myself with freedom fighters and with homefront the revolution i just read the wikipedia page for uh homefront yep i watched every single cutscene from freedom fighters because i could not get my hands on it and i watched too many videos about 
uh, the first home front game. Okay, and then cool. a couple just briefly talking about the second one. Nice. Jimmy? So I played the Freedom Fighters game when I was a kid like a million times. Like I really remember that game. I never played either of the home fronts. Uh, I did a fair amount of research like around topics, but like I could not, if pressed, tell you very much about the difference between home front and home front the revolution. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because it's kind of they're kind of a reboot, like it's mm-hmm. kind of reboot, but it. Yeah, I, I mean, think I you're guess, like fighting for different groups. Yeah, different re- revolutionary groups, but uh, it's basically like re- I mean, it's it's taking the same narrative framework and like just doing it again, it, which yeah. is weird because the games came out like six years apart, right? Five years apart. It was like a soft yeah. reboot. I didn't even really realize they were different games because I didn't play <laughs> either of them. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So um, for years, <laughs> so I I did play Homefront back in the day when it came out. Um, yeah. So the difference, I guess, is that they don't have that same technological aspect mm. baked into the original, and it was more mm. about. Korean dominance in uh, Eastern Eastern Asia, mm. um, and then there was a, allegedly a sinking of a South Korean ship that was used as like the pretext for oh. invasion of the United States. Plus, on top of that, there's some other stuff going on in that time frame where uh, Gulf of Tonkin. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay. There was a, a destabilizing war in the Middle East that was jacking up energy costs and everything. Yeah, Iran Between and I, Saudi Arabia I, yep. go to war, yep. so the prices of gas, according to Wikipedia, go up to nineteen ninety nine a gallon. There we go. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> am I right, folks? <laughs> yeah, right. Yikes. <laughs> um, sweet. Um, so, uh, which like isn't that just the price of gas in Europe? Like, yeah, yeah more for a liter. It's like not, not even that crazy. Gallon. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was like <laughs> when I was there in 2017, I think it was like 350 uh euros a liter. So, so that's like what? Almost... That was like 12 something a gallon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. It's probably higher now too. Mhm. Yeah. Um so yeah, let's talk about these video games as a uh, Gladio simulators. I think that's a good place to start. Uh Jimmy, why don't you uh I mean, for any of the games, yeah, get, you know. Give us a little bit of a rundown on Freedom Fighters. <clears throat> and give the audience one, too, because yeah. I don't know how many people are, are familiar with that. So that Mario game. and Luigi are driving into New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it really is that, because, like, the, the main character <laughs> is a plumber. Yeah. And they are kind of, like, vaguely calling back to Mario, I think. Um. Let's see here. So one of the main things you guys mentioned was the, in this alternate history, the Soviet Union basically wins the first or the second world war by like dropping an atomic bomb on Berlin, which is like not at all (laughs) likely that any other country probably would have done that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, that, that was the alleged, goal but the european theater uh was won before that could be done yeah also i mean like it's interesting that they rewrite that history because like the russians did like win the war and like basically take germany Mm -hmm. 
So like, I don't know. Yeah, they didn't need an atomic bomb. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, so it's just uh, many have also argued that that was the reason that Japan surrendered, not necessarily the bombing of Hiroshima or Nagasaki. The the threat of uh, Russian invasion. Mm -hmm. Really? Yep. Huh. I mean, also along those same lines, one of the probably the major reasons why the nukes were dropped was to, like, keep the Soviets from invading. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Or at least being more involved in the surrender. Um, Yeah, that... That tracks that American BDE baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so yeah, Jimmy, you were you were going. Yeah. You were giving so, us the like, context. basically, I would say like Freedom Fighters has probably got the simplest plot. It's almost like if someone took the movie Red Dawn and had like a yeah. child describe it. For sure. <laughs> Which, like, Red Dawn is already remarkably dumbed down dumbed down right right (laughs) so like you don't get a lot of the interesting details but like like the plot's not even super worth going over because it's very simple and it's very like mission based there are like cool things with different neighborhoods and different seasons like there's a lot of like really cool details that make the game interesting and that's the sort of thing that the what was it? IO's. Well, shoot. I, IO Interactive. IO IO Interactive. They brought those same sort of details to like the Hitman games, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it really does play like Hitman. If instead of like, you know, hits, it was just squad based combat. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the gameplay when I was you know a kid, but one of the best. Uh, plot points in the otherwise pretty simple uh, story was you're sort of like mentored through being becoming a resistance leader by this like character and he's supposed to be like an American mm. but he has a Russian accent <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was when I was watching about... the video I was like this guy had a he has a st- really strong Russian accent when it starts and it's like less and less Russian throughout the game. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense. And also like three of the Russian yeah, leaders and, are the same voice actor. <laughs> yeah. And then halfway through the game, plot twist, he was actually Soviet. <gasps> so he like ambushes you. And then like you start from zero again and you have to like build the resistance like a second time. But it was just like, even as a child, I was just like, what this guy clearly sounds russian yeah. like what is this that just a remarkably stupid game yeah it, it is interesting i mean of the games i feel like there's kind of the least to talk about with freedom fighters because after the the introduction which or the the like them setting the stage which is was to me the most interesting bit like the gameplay is pretty the game is pretty much like you have to take this school because the Russians have weapons in it, or you have to take mm-hmm. this blow up this gas station. Right, this hospital's got like intel. You know, you have to liberate it from the Soviets, and every mission ends with you liberating a structure by pulling down the uh, ha- a hammer and sickle flag and putting up stars and not stars and bars. Um, 
Is it? Wait, is it, which? Oh fuck! I, <laughs> uh, embarrassing moment. Which flag is the Stars and Bars? That's the Confederate flag. Yes, right? it yeah, is. Okay, <laughs> I should know that as a Floridian. Uh, putting up. Uh, <laughs> Although I mean, it is technically still Stars and Bars if you think about it. Yeah, that's why I was confused. So, anyways, one's just a little bit more mask off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's not not as much to get into because yeah, you just build up the resistance and you have the plot twist where your mentor is a KGB agent. And then ultimately you take the, the Soviet headquarters in New York city. Oh, we should say the game is set in New York city. If we didn't say that already, every mission is like, well, not every mission, but most missions are bookended by this amazing Russian news show with like the craziest Russian anthem ripoff theme song that plays instead of like, news music i just wanted to throw that in there that it's hilarious yeah one thing that is interesting about all these games though is they do all like center the importance of media during a a they do the same thing in home for the revolution there's a it's like an identical like korean lady newscast (laughs) right if you're gonna colonize or or take over a country you know these games seem to be suggesting that having a powerful media arm is important which which is why we started mind games in the first place (laughs) (laughs) um but no i mean like i would hope that like any decently savvy player for any of these games would think to themselves like okay well if in these games the invading force is uh, if their media outreach is critical you know if we are the invading force what does that say then about our media that's like one of the only best, most interesting, I feel like, takes from the games is that they have that part included. Right. Did either of you, anyone here have anything to add about Freedom Fighters? Because like I said, I think that was kind of the... Um, yeah, <clears throat> Comrade General uh, Tatarin. Tatarin! Tatarin, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Tatarin. <laughs> Fucking Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that like, he, he looks like the, the Chad memes, honestly. He really does. His head he's is a, perfectly he's square. He's a beefy dude. Or rectangular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You kill him, right? It does right? make me wonder if... It, yeah, you snipe him. Yeah, right. What is the most Agent 47 Hitman-style mission yeah. in the game? Which is all that studio's allowed to make now since uh, uh, Square Enix like, <coughs> lost millions of dollars in 2013. Oh, really? Yeah, they were going to make another Freedom Fighters, but... Oh. Yeah. I, I was watching a different YouTube guy <laughs> who said that now they're like out from under that so they might be able to make other games now that'd be cool but it's a youtuber so i have no clue whether right. that's true or not. <clears throat> everything on youtube's true <laughs> that is a insane statement <laughs> um, with the uh tataran guy it does make me think a little bit of the real life general zhukov because he was sort of that similar chad type of guy oh yeah <laughs> um when was he serving? I know very little about Soviet history. That's that was it. World War II, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was like the... I don't. I hesitate to say the most decorated general, but like probably. He was the man. He like basically did Stalingrad. He like retook Europe, basically. Nice. Hell yeah. If general. you guys see the, the movie The Death of Stalin, which is, you know, complicated movie, but like... It, I think he's played by like I forget who, but like is it Jason Isaacs? 
Uh, I don't, I don't remember, but like he's just covered in medals and ribbons, which like sometimes he really was. It was just like all the way down his chest. For Hell being yeah! So decorated. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, like with that kind of service, give the man a lot of medals. This is the yeah. least you can do. It's true. Um, <laughs> Make him sound like a key ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that Death of Stalin movie. I've tried to watch it like a handful of times and every time I get like 15 minutes in and then I fall asleep. Really? Haven't tried. That was on my list. Yeah, I watched, I watched really Coen Brothers. Yeah. It can't be that bad. I watched the bunker oh, one Isn't about it? Hitler. but that was It's not Coen Brothers. <laughs> it's not Coen Brothers? I thought Death of Stalin was Coen Brothers. It feels like Coen Brothers. Oh, shit. Um, why, why is it complicated? Oh, just because it's like not terribly accurate and obviously it's like a comedy so it's like... It's a movie. But sometimes people feel like they watched it and then think that that is what happened, right? Wow. Right. Soviet Union. Wild. Yeah. I, <laughs> I did see some, I did see somebody on Twitter, like, and if you listen to the show person on Twitter who was melting down about this movie, I don't mean this in a <laughs> negative way, but I just, I was thinking like, it's, I mean, there's a lot of like really inaccurate movies and media about, the USSR like I mean this one seems to be like pretty funny you know like yeah like I'm going to watch Dr. Strangelove I'm going to watch The Death of Stalin like it doesn't mean that I'm going to like confuse reality right have have you seen Dr. Strangelove have I yes (laughs) (laughs) his his yeah yeah Yeah, your your profile picture on Twitter is oh Jesus Christ oh my god Wow! See this, listener. This I've is... seen it many a time. Okay, thank you, <laughs> listener. This I'm is... officially not the dumbest member. Of... No. <laughs> this is why we, I thought this that was why clear by now. Jimmy on. Um, Listen, this is a safe space. We're not here to make anyone feel dumb. <laughs> That's okay. Like, this I, don't, comes I don't need anybody's help. <laughs> um, great. Well, yeah. I wish I wish there was more to Freedom Fighters to say, but I think that that kind of summarizes it. Um, Jimmy's got um, more. I do have a, f- a few thoughts on. Oh, hit us with Please go for it. All right. Um, and not too much, but you guys know Zizek, right? Mm-hmm. Like the funny Slovenian oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 philosopher. Yeah. Of course. I was. I was actually okay. thinking that we are pulling a Zizek tonight because basically none of us played the games, and yet here we are talking about them. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, he is such a chad in terms of like reviewing things he hasn't seen. Yeah, that is a real uh, alpha move. <laughs> so Zizek, in one of his documentaries, don't ask me which, I don't remember, um, he actually goes on and on about the band Rammstein, or Rammstein or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Rammstein. Which you guys know, I'm sure every listener knows the band. It's like the most famous German rock band, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and so he's... Like, I'm not going to do his accent, but I'll quote him. <laughs> I wish he, he would, says, <laughs> I, I would if I could do it halfway. <laughs> he says, the German hard rock band Rammstein are often accused of flirting, playing with the Nazi iconography. But if one observes closely their show, one can see very nicely what they are doing. The minimal elements of Nazi ideology are enacted by Rammstein and they are something like pure elements of libidinal investment. Enjoyment has to be, as it were, condensed into some minimal ticks, gestures, 
which do not have any precise ideological meaning. What Rammstein does is it liberates these elements from their Nazi articulations. It allows us to enjoy them in their pre-ideological state. The way to fight Nazism is to enjoy these elements, ridiculous as they are, by suspending the Nazi horizon of meaning. That way, you undermine Nazism from within. And I did write down, it was from The Pervert's Guide to Ideology, which I don't necessarily agree with his prescription to fight Nazism by enjoying Rammstein the band. <laughs> but Shit. what does, does that mean I have to get rid quote... of my uh, leather blazer now or like what's the <laughs> trench coat? <laughs> Fuck. No, according to Zizek, that is fighting Nazism. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Zizek, but that's that's the, very the... like I mean not to cut you off, but that's very like no, you're fine. anarchist punk, mm-hmm. you know, like which I am I mean as much as I love punk shit and play in a punk band. I swear band. to God, if you get in this anarchist shit again, I'm no, no, I'll I won't. I won't. I won't. All I was going to say is it's just, it's interesting coming from him because he's, I mean, he's not like a devout Marxist, but he's definitely not an anarchist. But anyways. Yeah. Unorthodox Marxist, I guess he would probably call himself right. or he would probably say he's the most orthodox, but you know, he's full <laughs> of shit. Yeah. So, The quote to me reminds me of Freedom Fighters, because for me, playing Freedom Fighters has like nothing to do with Soviet history. Mm -hmm. It is like pure libidinal investment. Like, it's really weird. Like, it's it reminds me also of playing Wolfenstein. Yes. Right. Like, you're basically reveling in the overt trappings of like Soviet heavy hand of repression coming in or like the Nazis. Oh, you know, and like in both cases, you're just shooting and you're not thinking whatsoever. It's just like, yeah, I got to fight off the, the evil other. Right. Mm. And like when I was playing it as a little kid, I do not think it got me particularly interested in Soviet history. Like I'm very interested in Soviet history now, but like, I really don't think it stems back from playing freedom fighters. And like, if anything, it maybe like pushed me further down on that road of like equating the Soviets and the Nazis, not necessarily one-to-one, but like putting them in that same place in my mind that like most kids, you know, think of as like the bad guys of history. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it feels like that like that weird libidinal thrill. Like that's what I'm getting at, basically. I think we talk about that kind of a lot, as far as L- libidinal like, thrills. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not as we don't articulate it as well. But no, I just mean like with like 13, 12 year olds playing Call of Duty and shit. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the same kind of a probably a lot of these people aren't thinking about it that hard. But b, it's also pushing them harder to think about, you know, brown people bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, like, I, it's funny you say that because, like, I never played all of Freedom Fighters as a kid because my parents wouldn't let me get it. But I, re- I have, like, very, very distinct memories of my mom taking me and my sister to Target. And they had a demo of it on, like, when they used to have <laughs> yeah. the PlayStations yeah. in the game section. And I played the shit out of that demo. Like, I played it 
I mean, for however many weeks it was there, you know, mm-hmm. like we'd go to Target all the time and I would always just like be like, Mom, I'm gonna go play games and I like would just play it. And like it it is like a, a joyful game to play. Like it it mm-hmm. it feels good it, or at least at the time it felt good. It was fun and it yeah, I mean I can I can totally see what you're what you're talking about. This like not like it's not trying to engage seriously with Soviet history no. or Soviet culture. It's just like here's a game about like, you know, going hog wild with a, a machine gun <laughs> and it happens to be, you know, you know, in the context of Soviet flags and, mm-hmm. you know, military uh, which are undoubtedly very cool and like yes soviet technology tanks all that stuff like the flags like it's all very cool just like how and i will say this and do not misquote me the nazi stuff obviously very iconic as well right yeah i mean yeah there's there's Mm -hmm. a reason that like you know hitler was able like hitler and the nazis were able to command the masses right like it's that hugo boss strip (laughs) <laughs> Hugo Boss, that's right. <sighs> you know who else was a fucking Nazi? Coco Chanel. Really? No shit. She, she was a collaborator, I should be specific, actually. But yeah. She actually uh, stole from, like, Jews. She basically, like... It's really fucked up, actually. Damn. I bring it up literally every time we go to the mall. My wife is so sick of me. <laughs> She's like the Led Zeppelin of fashion. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you brought that Zizek quote to the table because I think that that's uh, pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're paying Jim yeah, so that's... much money to come on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's all I got for Red Dawn, though it does kind of come up later. I mean, like the general stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, cool. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the f- first home front. We'll just go chronologically here, I guess. Yep. As we said, North Koreans, uh, the DPRK. Forgive me. I don't want to be uh, <laughs> talked to by HR again. What do they call them in the second game? The KP- KPA. KPA. No, yeah. what what is the slur that they're using to? Oh, <laughs> uh, Nork. Nork. Oh, Nork. Yeah, they have the slur in the second game for the the North Koreans that Jeez. have invaded. They're called Nork. They don't call them that in the first one. <laughs> um, as if they wouldn't just call them the freaking slur that they used <laughs> yeah. the first time they right. were fighting them. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, quick quick setting the stage. Basically, the Greater Korean Republic, uh, which is the unified Korean Peninsula, after Kim Jong-il dies, Kim Jong-un, uh, he creates the Greater Korean Republic. And as- Which, interjection, interjection here. Yeah. There's, like, uh, like the game is, like, getting backwards, which was the better of the family, like, if this were to ever happen it would have been the other way around right right Mm -hmm. but yeah as there's other like geopolitical turmoil there's like we said war between iran and saudi arabia oil supply gets all screwed up u.s draws back its military presence in the pacific and then the uh, i mean there's a flu all this stuff happens and eventually the greater korean republic 
uses a an EMP blast that wipes out a bunch of electrical infrastructure. Yep. And then they take Hawaii and the West Coast. And so the U.S. is divided basically down the Mississippi. And you've got the uh, new Korean Federation of Occupied America on the West, uh, which is a puppet state of the Greater Korean Republic. And then you've got the U.S. east of the Mississippi. Um, so, yeah, um, where to start with this one? Um, hmm. Jimmy, what do you got? What do you got for us? Well, one thing I love about these games is that there's like never any grappling with the concepts of like soft power or like the idea that like possibly whenever there's an invasion, any regime invading will always prop up like an oppressed minority group or like, you know, ethnic group that was on the outs of power. Like you never see any of that. Right. And on top of that, it's absolutely insane to think obviously that, you know, North Korea would invade period. Right. But like separately, why it would be called like Korean because like I've been doing, you know, episodes on Japan and they set up a puppet regime in Manchuria. It was Manchukuo. And they didn't call it the Japanese state of Manchuria. They called it like <laughs> Manchukuo. And it was supposed to be for like ethnic Manchu. Obviously, it was still a puppet of the Japanese. But like they were pretending to hold up the Manchu minority and like trying to like shove the Han Chinese out. So like in any situation, whether it's like the Soviets invading or this pretend North Korean, like like i'm glad that they didn't go there with the game but like if you were pretending that this were real then they would obviously be like propping up different minority groups to like be the rulers of this new country it wouldn't just be like the korean federation like it's mm. just i i could do better than john milius is what i'm saying <laughs> right and i i i did i did want to touch on uh john milius here in a minute but as a heads up too i do have a lot on milius so like okay, whenever cool. We can get into that too. Okay, cool. I love, I mean, one of the recurring topics of conversation on the show has become, you know, video games taking America's shit and projecting it onto other countries, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And which at this point is like just, a, I mean, pretty much every game we've played, like that's a constant, right? It's to be expected. But in these games, like they don't even give these other countries like as you know well thought out a plan as like anything the cia cooked up right like these are like bird-brained like yeah we're gonna just send in a bunch of troops to the most well-armed country in the world and just brute force your way in yeah war of attrition shit (laughs) yeah Yeah. and there's no yeah like there's there's no soft i mean the closest you get to soft power is like we were saying earlier with the the news media but that's it Mm -hmm. um you, you don't have – there's no real strategy. It's it's pure brute force. And then once the occupation takes hold, ruling with, like, the most iron fist imaginable. Yeah, I will say, at least in the first one, I mean, just, like, owing to the cartoonishness of it, like, the whole first sequence, like, you'd see multiple times, like – korean troops just like rolling up in like an armored car and just like mowing down civilians there's like a scene where you're driving by in the bus and the very first scene you like see uh like 
Korean soldiers just killing like a couple and their like toddlers like screaming like hitting the troops in the back. It's uh it's a lot more intense. The second one I feel like is not as as brutal as which it? is so ridiculous because during the Korean War that same scene played out, but it was the Korean people <laughs> yeah, being exactly, shot exactly. and the child was shot too. That's wow. a that's right. a common theme in our our video game coverage is like everything the bad people do is yeah. something that the U.S. has done worse. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, just to, I think, I'll get on the same page, right? Like, in the Korean War, we killed, what, 25% of the Korean population? It wasn't good. Yeah. And, yeah, like, it's up there, literally yeah. every building leveled in the entire country of, yeah. like, the northern half of Korea. Yeah, yeah. We, we essentially just took our strategy in waging war against Japan and the uh, firebombing and just complete just decimation of these cities to yeah. the Korean Peninsula. So they have every right. I mean, if they ever want to come, I will take up arms and I will aid my Korean brothers and sisters. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're going to have the guys at the seats. I, I, I promise door. myself. <laughs> I promise myself I would not say on this podcast, damn, I wish this happened in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all of these games. Like, yeah, I mean, all of these games show any American collaborator with the new regime as being like scum of the earth. And. I, I did play some of Homefront the Revolution and I was like, that would totally be me. Like I would be first in line. <laughs> like whatever you need. You don't even have to pay me. Like Um But uh but yeah, let's talk about the uh the production of this one because it was interesting for a couple reasons. Jimmy, do you want to tell us about John Milius? Oh yeah. So John Milius, uh he probably is most famous for writing and directing the movie Red Dawn, which is essentially the same premise as Freedom Fighters, but like a little bit more world building. And like, it's like a classic 1980s quasi Rambo meets Breakfast Club type scenario. It's like, a great <laughs> movie. like when I was in high school, Red Dawn was my shit. Like I could not get enough of that. Hell yeah. I don't know if any of you remember, but like there was actually like a series of books uh, for like young adults that was, uh, I think it written in Australia, but the premise was that like China invades Australia, which Mm. possibly is like more realistic than like at least this, right? Sure. Yeah. It's basically Red Dawn, but in Australia, it wasn't that good, but like, it was interesting. Like I loved this premise so much. So like I would get a hold of every, like I was in at that stage where I was reading all the dystopias too. Like, mm. that's why I'm so freaking done with dystopias. I've already read most of them. Didn't yeah. they remake Red Dawn with either with K- Korea, Korea or, yep. okay. It was Korea. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is such a cuck move that <laughs> and Homefront are probably the most cowardly not because i want to stoke fears with china or what, like i'm very much against that but like right. just the absolute cowardice of like oh nah, nah, we can't give up the chinese market like yeah see th- <laughs> no go go ahead i was just gonna say it's 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 like if you really want to like do this like just do it like don't i mean like Home <laughs> it, it, the it's the equivalent yeah. of seeing the guys driving around with the uh bumper stickers that say uh uh buck fiden yeah exactly <laughs> it's like, like you're an adult yeah come the fuck just on. do it man yeah 
Um, yeah, let's go, Brandon. It's like you could just say "fuck Joe Biden." Like <laughs> yeah. once again, you're a sentient adult. Like <laughs> who cares? Sentient. Oh, I mean that, that might be stretching it a bit. Um, but yeah, so John Milius wrote Red Dawn. Hmm. Yeah, and so I have basically a sort of career overview of <laughs> John Milius. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, for, first of all. His parents owned a shoe manufacturing company. Okay. Okay. Then they sent him to a prep school. And then he styled himself into like a beatnik surfer type of dude. <laughs> Didn't he say something to the effect of like, yeah. my heart is in surfing. Like, it's like his yeah. lifelong passion. <laughs> it's just like getting on a board and like being among the waves, man. Hearts in surfing like, and surfing okay, and next to beads. <laughs> Yeah, you can't be um, that right wing also, also be a hippie. No, that's not true. Nope, you can't. Nope. Yes, you, you can. can. Yes, you can. <laughs> that actually starts to make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he called he called himself a Zen anarchist. Which <laughs> oh, is like, very, like, whoa, dude, calm down. You're too cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's his cover for being a right wing filmmaker. Which, like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, like. He made probably some of the best right wing art, and I do appreciate and like his films. Yeah, like, Dirty Harry's really. He seems good. like a, yeah, he seems like a piece of shit in general. But like, he makes good movies. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. Now get this though: during the Vietnam War, he says, "Damn, I really wanted to enlist." Which, I mean, <laughs> fact check. I don't know if I believe that, but like supposedly he wasn't allowed to enlist because of his asthma which maybe i don't know which i i read it was both mild and persistent which i was like <laughs> i'm not sure what that means like i always feel just a little wheezy <laughs> yeah like i might cough any second now <laughs> no see what you don't understand is when you have rich parents like it's you feel like a pressure on your chest to live up to that. So yeah. like that's mild asthma. <laughs> you, feel, you feel a pressure on your chest for having not killed yourself and your parents like in Midsummer yet. True. <laughs> Still so, haven't seen it. Milius, I'm sorry. Yeah, neither I'm, am I. Oh, thank Jesus. you, thank you, Jimmy. Dude, it's like three hours long. I'm not going to commit to that. See, my thing is. I want to watch it with somebody. I don't want to just sit there and watch Midsummer by myself. You're coming over this weekend and we're watching Midsummer. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. Jimmy, you should watch it. It's good. It's, it's a, a lot good. of Jimmy, fun. we're yeah. flying you yeah, down. Yeah, I believe it. It's a great breakup movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although all the people that are like, oh, the girlfriend did nothing wrong. Yeah. It's like, that's the same people as like the Fight Club people who idolize Correct. Tyler Durden or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie, though. It is good. Anyways, so, um, yeah, he had asthma. Then Milius went to study film at the University of Southern California School of Cinema Television, which is a feeder for Hollywood, right? Mm, this right. isn't just like any film school. And so for very spooky. For reference, <laughs> one of his classmates was George Lucas. Yep. Wee wee wee. Like film people would know a lot of the other people that he attended school with. I'm not really like a film guy per se. So I didn't write down any of the other people, <laughs> but like George Lucas, right? Yeah. Um, and my hypothesis, I'm, I'm calling him out. John Milius. 
go on mind games, address the claim <laughs> that you were a spy selected to make films rather than go to Vietnam. Please do. Oh. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, yeah we're, we are... Uh, Challenge accepted. We are calling you in. Yep. Um, we, we will, you know, create the safe space for you to confess your crimes, um, and then we will uh, try you... Self-crit. Yeah, and then execute you. Oh no no no! I, I thought I thought we were gonna do this like uh, Catholic Church model, so he just has to pay us a whole bunch of money, <laughs> and then he's absolved of all of his uh, uh, all of those sins. That's true. I was yeah. listening to your episode with uh, Pastish Syop earlier today, mm-hmm. and so as soon as you started talking about the uh, California school system, my alarms were buzzing. Oh yeah. Uh, what episode was that? Was that the? Uh... It's brand new. It's on Patreon. Oh yep. Got to subscribe. I got to subscribe. um so uh milius went on to like work in hollywood he like did a bunch of stuff he wrote the script for jeremiah johnson which i haven't seen but i heard is really good then he wrote he did a bunch of stuff but then he wrote the script for apocalypse now right super good film right yeah Mm yeah amazing hard to get around that yeah uh Interestingly, though, Crypto Cuddlefish, the great uh, Twitter poster. Yeah, you can't laugh. Uh, Hang on. We got to. Oh, no, 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 no. So Alex yeah, and Kate yeah, yeah. are not as uh, internet poisoned yeah. as we are. And nope. that laughing at that is like not only if you were to like draw a picture of Muhammad, but then laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so don't. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Uh, no, seriously, Crypto Cuddlefish like made a series of posts that like blew everyone away and then just disappeared. And huh. like people have been like either copying or like trying to like riff off of their work for like years and years now. It's actually like gotcha. a really crazy story. Yeah, and, and it's so. the posts their posts are legit like yeah. I mean like deep stuff into like pension, pension, yeah, like really and like, is Pinchin a spook? Uh, do we want to get into that right now, Jimmy? What's all right? Hang on. All right, yeah, quick, let's quick. get Jimmy on the record. All right, you got a third, thirty second window. I'm, I I I'm known as a Pinchin guy on Twitter. Jimmy, you are also known as a Pinchin mm-hmm. guy on Twitter. What is your official position on Thomas Pinchin? Is he a spook? Is he was he a spook? Or is he just a kook? <laughs> spook or kook? <laughs> spook or kook? It's our new okay. segment. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Spook or kook? <laughs> Sorry. We all have brain damage. <laughs> um, I would say that he was in serious danger of being a spook, was spook adjacent, and then through a combination of his paranoia and sloth, opted out of that <laughs> life. Hell that yeah. is my sincere desire and hope um i don't know i don't think anyone knows enough uh other than people in government or something right yeah i, I or, think or it's if too... you're on the creator team for the simpsons <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's true they're friends with him um i i yeah i think that the the years at boeing are sketchy well where was he working there mm-hmm. in seattle or was it seattle I mean, they had the ever around there. It was in yeah. yeah, it was in like Washington. Um, yeah. And he he worked there in the 
early sixties on. On he was the uh like not like not a cop not a copywriter, but like he wrote internal documents, if I'm not mistaken, like instruction manuals. Yeah. And he also wrote some uh allegedly there you can find some like they had like an internal news bulletin or like mm-hmm. you know, with like the same shit that we have. <laughs> no, like, I'm just thinking yeah, what, what, yeah. I'm bleeping this. Yeah, but go like, ahead and bleep. But yeah, yeah. like where you know you just get like really doxed it, us on that one. Yeah, that was bad. And <laughs> an interview with like you know. Hold on, hold on. What, what is it called again? So fucking. That's <laughs> the one at our work, Jimmy. Is we our our newspaper is called the. Spell it out for everyone. Yeah. Oh, there's always a great story on it. Like my first car was a Honda Civic. <laughs> My favorite superhero <laughs> is Spider-Man. I love Nickelback. Yeah, yeah. There are like academic uh, papers and shit that have tried to dig through like the archives of this internal newspaper that they had and find these like anonymous letters that were allegedly written by Pynchon in like a nascent mm-hmm. Pynchonian uh-huh. or Pynchon-esque style. Um, but uh but yeah, I think I, I mean the fact that he left and then just disappeared. Um, I mean, I guess you can read that one of two ways, but yeah, I, I choose I'm, to I'm, read that as like you know that he was like deuces, like no, yeah, I'm not it, doing it, this. It kind of seems like uh oh, I'm getting in too deep. Fuck yeah. this shit, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, we should. That's my hope. Yeah, we should do a pension episode at some point. Jimmy. I, I have to read some pension on on one of these shows. We should do that. Um, but oh, yeah. uh. Anywho, how did Sorry. we get on to Sorry. Yeah, how, where the fuck were we? Milius. Milius. Oh, crypto yes. cuttlefish. Crypto yes, cuttlefish. Okay, yes. So yes. crypto cuttlefish. So crypto cuttlefish did a thread that talked about the very real possibility that among other things going on in the Philippines at the time, like for instance, the search for Yamashita's gold was probably <laughs> a pretext for doing counterinsurgency, but also filming Apocalypse Now. Because I don't know if you guys know that, like, filming Apocalypse Now was, like, hellish, and it, like, yeah. went, like, a year longer than it was supposed to, and... I've read a tiny bit about hypothesis, it. I, I have no clue about it, yeah. Yet, so, yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, they stayed there filming in the Philippines for, like, a whole extra year. It was just, like, hellish for everyone oh, wow. involved. Uh, possibly, additionally, for the Filipinos, who might have been attacked during the filming... The theory being that the filming was cover for flying all the, like, helicopters and military mm. equipment to make it look like it was filming rather than just a counterinsurgency right. war. Was this during the Marcos regime? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty sure. Did you see um, they're coming back? So. <laughs> Unrelated, sorry. Who? Uh, I guess there's some, like, uh, Marcos family member or adjacent individual that's trying to uh, wrestle power away from Duterte. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all those shitty kids are still around. Yeah. You know who else is still around? The Filipino Communist Party. So hey, we'll see. please, please. Nothing, nothing settled yet. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Milius went on to write for Dirty Harry. I guess he didn't necessarily get like the final draft, but he contributed. Uh, he also directed Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. And uh, then he it. got to write and direct 
What you haven't seen Conan the Barbarian? I'm sorry, I'm a <laughs> dog shit human being. Alex, Jimmy, Alex has seen like <laughs> three films, a, a fraction of the films, two of which have been Forrest Gump, somebody... the other one Black Hawk Down. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the ma- he watches the Matrix, the Matrix once a week. Matrix, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. uh, hey, for for like okay, uh, it was close to like six months. I w- would turn on. 2001 a space odyssey to go to sleep every night <laughs> and i don't know if like i low-key like program i was gonna to say that something. is you definitely like that sounds like brainwashing <laughs> yeah. yeah self-induced oh man oh yeah we can't You're just like astral projecting yeah. <laughs> he's just the monkey approaching the pillar no, I'm, I'm, I'm just the pillar <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um all right, so before we get into a, cu- a Kubrick rabbit hole, sorry, um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about. Um, so, see, Jimmy, this is why it takes us so long to record anything <laughs> because we just cannot stay on track for longer than like maybe thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I like I only saw Conan the Barbarian a few years ago. It's not that good, you know. Whatever, but like, yeah, is it right wing cinema? Like, yes, I guess it's just not Fun. necessarily like that yeah it's fun but it's not like that good um then milius wrote and directed red dawn which all of those those movies right apocalypse now dirty harry conan the barbarian red dawn all of them have right-wing themes which like you know i'm not like a hardliner or something like i i do think that you could argue that they have kind of a bleak picture of humanity in them yeah (laughs) like uh dirty harry's kind of uh dark um obviously apocalypse now is like kind of dark etc um milius also around this go ahead i was just gonna say they're all like well i mean i don't know about red dawn or conan the barbarian but like dirty harry to me struck me as like almost kind of a pilled movie right like you have the I mean, all of the right wing shit, like the you know incompetent bureaucrats trying to hold back the loan, like the 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 lone cop who's gonna save the city. But like a movie about a serial killer set in San Francisco in like the mid '60s or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I couldn't, I don't remember seeing anything that was like super tapped in, um, but I don't know. And then also, Apocalypse Now is obviously, you know. There's a lot going on in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Can, can I say? No, for sure. Can I say something? Yeah, go for you it. You guys are going to just fucking hate me. You haven't seen Apocalypse Now. I've only seen the first 30 minutes of Apocalypse oh, Now. Nice. That's just Martin Sheen <laughs> with no shirt on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's just like yeah. doing this. Thing. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the kung fu shit. Yeah. And you come and you turn it off. <laughs> oh, no. Classic. <laughs> I've done that like three times. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that part of the tape is all, you know, there's a lot of tracking there. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, back to Milius. <laughs> yeah, so Milius got in tight with the NRA at the time. And this was during the Charlton Heston era of the NRA. So it was like Ooh. newly politicized and all super right wing, right? The high mm. watermark. Yeah. And it was sort of like that period where like right-wing cinema like burst through again sort of like reagan's in the white house you know heston's in the nra 
Milius is pushing that. Uh, Rambo is not too far around the corner. Right. All that stuff. Now, what's really, really interesting about John Milius, and I must shout out my buddy, the Twitter user, Paul Klein Fancam, which there's the fan cam for us. Yeah. Great account. Hey. <laughs> um, this person found that John Milius was the very first prominent member of the Hollywood creative community to join a thing called the Institute for Creative Technologies. Also known as the ICT. Whoop, whoop. What is uh, ICT, Jimmy? Yeah, the ICT was, and I did mention this in our episode that we did, but I didn't go into all the details. It was a CIA DARPA Army collaboration. Hell That's right. yeah. Now, okay. they, they, were, they were collaborating to design military hardware, virtual reality, and run war simulations. They also <sighs> partnered with... Disney Imagineering and the Walt Disney Corporation. <laughs> How did I yeah. not expect that? Well, I, as soon as you met, as soon as you're like, I mentioned this before, I was like, yeah, I remember. Yeah. 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 yeah we yeah, talked yeah. about this the other day. Right? Nightmare shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, my brain. So was John Milius like was working with these guys that were just like, probably the people, you know how like you guys have talked about and like speculated along the lines of like, who are the people that are making all these games and why are they so fucked up and weird for like veterans and like brainwashing people into being prepared for f upcoming wars and shit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's probably these people basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like that would be around the time when you have, like you said, I mean, Rambo's coming out. It's not long after that, that you get the first, first person shooter, right? Doom comes out or was Doom or Wolfenstein first? Uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, really. it doesn't matter. But one of them, the same thing. But yeah, they were early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. Um, what do you know when he joined, Jimmy? Um, no, but I believe it was before. I think it was in the eighties. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then also, I, you guys might remember this. The ICT does whoop, whoop. some really weird fucked up shit. Like they have this like program that works specifically with the Office of Naval Intelligence. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is the program where they were trying to treat veterans by hooking up hooking them up to virtual reality headsets in order to replay their war crimes. Right. Yep. And they have a long like first of all, that sounds like horrible that doesn't sound like therapy right? right um they also have been working on like literally like holodeck type stuff like in star trek in mm -hmm. order to train u.s soldiers right jesus yeah so <laughs> to get back to red dawn when milius was writing red dawn the script right and preparing for the production Alexander Haig, who was the U.S. Secretary of State for Ronald Reagan, who was also on the MGM Board of Directors, mm -hmm. it was Alexander Haig who gave John Milius the idea to bring Nicaragua in as one of the countries in the coalition that invades the United States <sighs> along with the Soviets, which is such a bizarre Iran-Contra reverse psychology move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it also shows how tied in Milius is with like the U.S. Secretary of State, <laughs> like. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that you're you're mentioning this because like the the bit that I read about the production of this game, he was billed as the writer for it, but then there were reports after the fact that credited another guy with writing the script and mm-hmm. said that he just was like a consultant and kind of like you know provided a little bit of insight which like i mean as we've speculated like you know as soon as you get like a definite connection between the deep state for lack of a better word and video game the video game industry the goose is cooked Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's where we go one we go all or whatever like if you know like and we're not a q podcast <laughs> i shouldn't have said that no yeah, probably nope. not uh <laughs> hey hey how about start that over because i keep making adrenochrome jokes and if you toss that one in there too yeah that's gonna <laughs> dunzo um but no i mean like you know you i think it's the kind of thing where if there were to be like some big article in kotaku or whatever that's like turns out the the department of defense just wrote and fun- financed the most recent Call of Duty game, you'd have to assume that that's not the first time they've done that, right? So it's interesting that they're trying mm-hmm. to distance themselves from this guy who has direct connection, yeah. Yeah. But it's fun to feel like this is the point we've been working toward covering all these other games as like some sort of, you know, palpable connection. I mean, there's other ones with Call of Duty, but... Yeah. Are the cops coming to take you guys away for speaking truth? Oh, that's here. I thought that was no, that's here. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, hopefully. Have you noticed that there are always sirens whenever we record? It's always sirens. Everyone must Sporky. think. Sporky. <laughs> the listeners must think that we live in like the sketchiest like. That's okay. Neighborhood. It's fine. I mean, yeah. we do, but you gotta say that's my ride. Hey. <laughs> I did want to emphasize too. How crazy is that that the U.S. Secretary of State was also on the board of directors for MGM? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... um, That tracks. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Unsurprising, but... (laughs) Especially in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Also, are they, like, literally... Are they literally (laughs) in the driveway? (laughs) (laughs) Not that I can see, but... It is really loud, though, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, there's a hospital right across the street. Yeah, not kind of, but we do get a lot of ambulances. Um, I was going to say, too, that uh, Alexander Haig took John Milius to the Hudson Institute, which was a conservative. It is a conservative think tank. And the Hudson Institute helped Milius come up with a, quote, plausible scenario (laughs) for Red Dawn. So, like. Basically, Red Dawn was, like, not just the weird, paranoid fixation of, like, a right-wing filmmaker. It was, like, literally made by a think tank. Straight-up propaganda. Which is, like, crazy. Yeah. Just think about all of that money that that think tank has to work with and who they could be recruiting and that the finished product is Red Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta be um, subtle, yeah. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was. I mean, I, just to come back to pension, since I have the opportunity, and I never do. One of the reasons that I am less inclined to think he's a spook is that his art is too good. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, I know that's like faulty reasoning to some degree, but I also can't help but think like he's like way more talented than a right winger. Again, there are some good right winger, right wing artists, and you know. I'm not that kind of person, but he's just on another level. So. That's probably why he bailed. <laughs> yeah. 
That is crazy, though. Secretary of I mean, you have a, just a, such a clear through line from that to, like, Disney getting their scripts approved by the Department of Defense so that they can use, like, actual yeah. military technology in every Marvel movie or whatever. Yeah. It's just, like, it's all right there. Like, it's one big connective web of basically, like, movies, video games, interlocked with like the deep state more or less like the pentagon mm. all of these stupid think tanks all basically to just make people have the wrong idea about who the enemy is i'm right? just gonna play super meat boy from now on <laughs> <laughs> the only approved games are tetris and crisis in the kremlin yeah. <laughs> uh jimmy did you see that that uh they had a uh person named tay kim who was a uh, former CIA field agent and consultant on this game's production. Oh, jeez. Yeah. A, a CIA agent named Take Him. <laughs> <laughs> you see Thomas Pynchon yet again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, he said, quote, uh, we went to a very rigorous academic research process to make sure to not only look at North Korea's <laughs> current state, but to look at historical examples, how things could parallel and turn events. History repeats itself. Okay. From today to the day the invasion starts in the game, if you combine everything, the odds are very, very slim that this becomes true. But when you look at the storyline step by step, every step is a coin flip, but a plausible step. So once you get there, it's plausible. And from there, the next step is plausible as well. Even though the whole thing is fictional, it comes with plausible baby steps. This is how you create a bunch of paranoid maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean this is the same kind of like brainwashing that occurs in the media so i have had this conversation multiple times within the last two months where somebody gets a hair up their ass and brings up russia and china and they're like yeah biden is in the white house right now and but you know if kamala gets in here like China and Russia, they're just gonna start bombing the shit out of us, and they're just gonna like eat you. And I'm like, wait, they're gonna eat you? What? What the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's like the slippery slope fallacy type yeah. shit, where it's like you're coming up with these incredibly illogical conclusions from quote unquote plausible scenarios and just snowballing into this like it's the, it could happen, bro theory. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's crazy because it's like it's kind of like this idea, right? Like, I'm just gonna say it: Red Dawn, fascist, right? Yeah, I'm not a fan oh, of yeah. calling everything fascist, but like <laughs> this is legitimately fascist stuff because, like, basically, like if you ever look at like what fascists say, like the enemy is always simultaneously all powerful and they're also like super weak. It's like this double bind where like they are simultaneously both almost like a Schrodinger's cat or some shit where like you, you, you get what I'm saying. Though? Right. Like, well, yeah. yeah the, mean, it's like they're is, everywhere, but they're also, yeah. yeah you, victory the, is imminent, but we also have to do everything that we can to ensure that victory. Yeah. The, the Untermensch like controlling all of society yet being subhuman. Right. Very. Yeah. Wild. Like it's this, weird thing where you have to cast yourself as the victim even as you are the victimizer mm -hmm. and like america by which i mean most of the media that is created at least like these types of video games they have that mindset where like it's like oh you're forcing me to do this like 
you're like in these games, America is the victim because they're invaded. But like then the entire game, all you're doing is just shooting just murdering invaders, people. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. right. It's that it's like a weird. It's like that weird libidinal like switch or something. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna propose that for our next episode, we abandon video games and we all read Lacan, <laughs> and then we reconvene <laughs> and we talk about. He's a like a, a post structuralist. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Freudian like. <laughs> he's oh, a lot of things. Probably. I'm not. I don't know. I remember I gonna, you I gonna, like. No, you you word. keep. Yeah. You keep reviewing video games. You just stop playing them. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, we, we just go full Zizek and. Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, because like at the end of the day, like you said, Jimmy, we the game still consists of slaughtering the other, right? Like to keep this post-structuralist mm-hmm. chain going. But the games have to offer some kind of justification, right? And it's almost like sicker in a way like i don't mean sick isn't cool but like sick isn't like diseased more than like call of duty because at least like the call of duty i mean it's not but like those the 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 war games give you like the you know the the veneer of like complicated geopolitical you know like right Hmm. backdrop or whatever for why you're in x y or z country but this game is just like it's it's like those games but this time it's personal like you know what i mean like yeah yeah and, like, you never have to deal with the fact that, like, if some invading force came in or whatever, that, like, half of the population would collaborate. And, like, there's no factoring in, like, the fact that, like, the people you would be shooting would probably be Americans, not the, yeah. like, foreigners. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, like, if you actually, like, read stories of, like, the French resistance or, like, Lord knows any other resistance movement, it's incredibly morally gray and like no one ever knows what they should be doing, what the right thing is. And this makes it like the most black and white morality possible, like Mm -hmm. an invading force. And you have basically carte blanche in most people's worldview to just kill as many people as you can. That's where it gets back into the gladio shit where it's just like, Oh yeah, I can just, you know, put a bomb there and like do a little like remote control car and like blow up a tank and like all these zany, interesting ways of killing people. But like the only people who actually do that in real life are like gladio stay behind Nazis who just like sneak a bomb into like a train station and blow up a train and then blame it on anarchists or something. Right. That's what the real world version of it is. Yeah. I mean like, look like if you spend even like 10 minutes reading about like the years of lead and like, everything that went on in mm-hmm. italy like italy and greece and um where, where else france france mm-hmm. like i mean uh. it's it is like i mean even if there are people involved that you think are like you know that have a similar political allegiance to you or whatever like it is just ugly like like jimmy said mm-hmm. it's a lot of trains getting blown up it's a yeah. lot of like just people like on their commute to work dying right and it's not I mean, the idea of, like, an organized resistance that is, like, waging a, a a hot war, essentially, against the invader is just not how this thing ever looks. Um, it's it's nasty. Um, and these – but, yeah, these games, like you said, they give you the illusion of it's, – it's 
it's clear as day, right? Like there's never a question about who your bullets should be aimed at or whatever. Yeah, because it's just like if you look at like probably the closest parallel in terms of like Westerners and like white people, like it would be like Northern Ireland. And like that was not that didn't play out the way any of these games play out. Like yeah. <laughs> the games you're always hitting basically just hard military targets. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's not how real life shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. All it um, needs to be, though, is, you know, raw. just the turning point to brainwash you enough so that when this shit were to actually happen, that you would, you know, go along with it and be like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a gas station. It's just one. Then it's just one school. <laughs> it's just one hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What are you an Obama administration <laughs> official yeah, or something? Right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Still thinking about that hospital. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Um, cool. Did you have any uh, notes, any more notes on the uh, the first home front? Oh, well, just one minor note. I saw that one of the two home fronts had a hearts and minds meter, which is almost <laughs> certainly calling back to the Vietnam War, right? Where yeah, they yeah. were striving to win the hearts and minds, which, I mean, I won't even touch what i think about the vietnam war but like it's an incredibly fucked up and ignorant thing to include yeah right um yeah that's all i got for home front but i mean if we're talking about american military situations i mean you have to have some tone deaf messaging that's true yeah it's obligatory last but not least let's uh chat about home front the revolution a little bit the worst of the bunch (laughs) (laughs) Cade earlier tonight described the characters as looking like they were freshly cut out of warm cheese (laughs) (laughs) it was just a weird time in game development you know yeah um yeah they all do have like a real weird like it also just on consoles like runs like you're like trying to move through like a bowl of chili (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i was watching videos of people playing on pc with like all the settings turned up yeah Yeah. i'm like i don't know what everyone's bitching about then i turn on a console video i'm like oh yeah yeah here we go this is essentially just a little ahead of its time i guess which i was watching some video uh by some youtuber right (laughs) and they were talking about the conditions that the game was made under and like those people were stuck working like 12 hour days, 14 months straight, yeah, six baby. to seven days a they week. They still uh, do that shit. It's like awful, awful. Yeah. The, the, I mean, it's tough because on the one hand, I mean, this is like propaganda and you don't want to like feel too bad, but like, yeah, these people are like low level animators. They're just like rendering hmm. a coffee cup or whatever. They're not making that much money. And I mean, I forget which game was it. Re- I don't know, Jim, if you listen to the episode, but recently we talked about a game where the it was Bioshock Infinite, I think, where the mm-hmm. the head of uh, like the the executives had to meet with the spouses of the spouses, engineers, yeah. yeah, to like personally apologize. Like, look, I know we've been keeping him here like seventy two to eighty four hours a week. I promise, it's like just a couple more months. <laughs> like, it's it's like. It's so bad. Intolerable, like, the way that that this industry is run. There's just so much wealth that's tied up in these productions. It's it's so just repulsive of how little these individuals that are making the game 
are paid versus like the you know the the lead developers and whatnot i just saw something um i don't know if this will take after the acquisition is over but some one of the big blizzard people maybe it was the ceo like in a message to like all the employees said something about how talking about unions is silly and nothing a union will do will will uh, make any difference in making like a higher or a better art or a higher quality game or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. It's ridiculous because it's just like just like we don't need twelve different brands of yogurt. It's like we could probably get by with like fewer games, and then they just. They, they like if they were union they would be better made and absolutely then, like, and they would be so much i would rather have one good game than like five shitty games that were made under crunch mm-hmm. yep yep and i fucking hate fortnite but like how what percentage of the gaming population right now just plays like fortnite or or a call of duty title <laughs> Well, yeah, like half the games that mm-hmm. are being made to do crunches just to make like a bad copy of like something like that yeah, that's already I, I, done. Of either one of that those nobody's going to yeah. play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about money laundering when we came on your show, but there's got to be so much <laughs> money laundering in video games. Like with those budgets, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even begin I, I, to I, I remember when one. MW2 came out and that broke a billion dollars in sales and everyone lost their mind and now that's just a drop in the bucket. Yeah just curious well i i remember someone i wish i could actually cite but like because it's pithier with the citation but like someone once said that like the true artists in hollywood were the accountants rather than like the actors or directors and like that has to be true for video games too like i bet that when you get to the big studios that there's some really creative accounting going on mm-hmm. and you've got to imagine too i mean like more so even than with because with hollywood you have like the stars right and like the stars can serve purposes for like propaganda or whatever obviously right um mm-hmm. but with video games there's like so much anonymity right i mean mm-hmm. i'm pretty in touch with video game development and stuff relatively speaking I'm pretty in touch with like, and I I only know you know like a handful of like the auteur director guys. Yeah, it's like Kojima, and that's it almost. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and, and so if, if we didn't just scream about uh, Mark Levine for uh, Ken, Levine. Ken Levine, whatever. Who am I thinking? Of? Oh, no, I'm thinking Which Mark. You Levin. guys have to do <laughs> no, wrong guy. You guys have to do David Cage and Kojima. You have to. Oh like, yeah. I just really want you guys to. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid is like the most requested game for the show. The question is just when and how. Yeah. yeah, those are like 50 to 100 hour games, but we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. We'll do it as like a a super special deluxe or something. But yeah, with the anonymity, you just you have the the benefit of, you know, like there's just like the eyes aren't going to be on the production in the same way that like people want to hear the gossip off of like the set of the marvel movie or you know the new dc mm-hmm. or whatever yeah it's not sexy enough yeah exactly it's just yeah it's none just... of the actors are like actually like the lines they get are so shitty they don't barely <laughs> yeah. get to act and then like half the time it's like one actor you might recognize with like nine voice actors that you'd really only comic on like autists know 
know? <laughs> Last week we had Gary Oldman and Ed Harris, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it definitely is more like all of the a thousand percent of the attention is just given to like the, the director or, or like a one spokesperson to like go around and just talk about the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like the cult is much more around like the, the, the community that develops around engaging with the product than with right. the people involved in, in the making creation it, yeah. of it. Right. For sure. I mean, it kind of is enigmatic of like the production assistants and whatnot that were just on strike. Oh yeah. 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 Where there's all these individuals that are in the background making this thing happen, but that they are just living with starvation wages working at right with just weak contracts just, yeah. like yep. yeah at yeah. will termination or whatever like mm-hmm. whatever all kinds of bad shit you know we've yep. mentioned too like our friend before who like wants to go into game development but doesn't want to because it's such a horrible yeah yeah home for the revolution um i mean this one i think more than the other two really felt to me like a a post iraq invasion post Syria, post Libya, like all of these colonial endeavors, like the the uh, what's you're in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, you're in Philly. Mm-hmm. For, for which one? For which is the revolution? So deranged. Too many games are set in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not that important. I'm sorry. I love Philadelphia, but it's not. It's, it's, it's like a C, B tier, maybe C tier <laughs> American city in terms of like importance. I, I mean, I did appreciate that with the first home front that it was just bombing out San Francisco. Yeah, that's true. Whom amongst us hasn't dreamt? <laughs> See, that's the that's the libidinal thrill. We all <laughs> yeah. wish San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but like, yeah, this one felt very much like so the game opens and your characters just joined the revolutionaries and you get taken captive. Then you escape captivity and you're walking through like a neighborhood in Philly and it is just like, it's bombed out. There's litter all over the streets. It's a pretty hardcore police state with uh, well-armed, well-equipped North Korean soldiers. Wait, so wait, so what changed? <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Did I tell you about? Has Ryan told you about when he was in Philly for that concert? That um, oh, was that the Joanna Newsom concert? Yeah, yeah. He was going to a Joanna Newsom concert there, and he either on the way to or from the concert, like there was a section of like subway wall that was just like covered in blood. <laughs> Like on their way back. <laughs> nice. I'll, I'll I'll throw some crumbs out it's to anybody art. who wants to try to really dox me. So I was in a band in high school and college, and in like we played a show in Philly with uh, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. So there you go. That's your crumb. So we we played the show, and then. Some people after the show gave us a bunch of weed for free, which was cool because I smoked at the time. Nice. And then we went to go to, I think it's called South Street, maybe. Some like, it's like a famous like street in Philly. There's a bunch of cool art and stuff, but we saw some guy overdose outside of a pizza shop. He lived, thankfully. But just, and people were just like treating it like it was an everyday occurrence. Like just walking past as he's 
you know, clearly on death's door. Um, and so that was my experience with Philly was free weed and dude overdosing on the steps of a pizza shop. Um, the duality of a city. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's psychogeography, baby. That's some Alan Moore shit or Ian mm-hmm. Sinclair or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, so, you, you know, you're walking through this, like this bombed out street. There's like boards over the windows. And I just was struck by how, like, it just looks like photos of Iraq, right? Like with the soldiers mm-hmm. and the Humvees and the people being stopped for like no discernible reason and, and searched for, you know, some obscure indiscretion. Um, yeah, that was my big takeaway playing this one. Well, I mean, it does make me think that like, kind of like these games are like basically Americans working through their own problems. Right. So like, knowing that Iraq was really fucked up and they shouldn't have been there, shouldn't have done those things, knowing that they were the bad guys, and then they will go and depict themselves as going through that in place of, like, that doesn't, like, assuage any guilt, right? And, like, the idea that the Koreans would invade and attack the United States, America kind of deserves that. Not the civilians, obviously, but, like, I'm sorry, like, what the United States army did to the Koreans, like never got even an ounce of what they deserved for doing that. Right. And so it's just like, these games are like sick and diseased mirrors of basically these fantasies of like America getting what it deserves. And like, I swear that like disaster movies are kind of like that too, where the, like the people making them kind of desire death. And then they like, make these elaborate fantasies where that plays out, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not Zizek. I don't have, like, a Lacanian framework for explaining it. It's just clearly something weird is going on psychologically. Well, is it just the manifestation of the death cult within Western society? I mean, something maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, fascism is, like, noted by its death drive, too, Mm -hmm. you know, like... Long live death, yeah. Yeah, um... No, I mean, and like you said, it doesn't it doesn't assuage the guilt, but like it lets you for a little while pretend like you don't need to feel guilty, right? Like while you're in the game world, yeah, the you know the guilt is unnecessary, right? And I mean, like plenty of countries are bad. I mean, we were talking about Japan earlier. Like plenty uh. of countries are really <laughs> bad at like reckoning with their their history, but I think that America is one of the more uniquely bad you know nations at ever like really taking stock of what it's done and uh Mm -hmm. trying to 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 sit with that um but these games are i mean these games wouldn't exist without all of the u.s's shall we say endeavors after world war ii i mean Mm -hmm. they are a direct result of those things Mm -hmm. yeah it's never like a country that like we didn't invade right (laughs) right I mean, it's never France invading or something, right? (laughs) Yeah, that would be a bloodbath. We would get so owned. (laughs) The French don't, they don't, they don't pull any punches when it comes to revolutions and shit like that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I think that that's, that's probably a good way to stop it. These, all right, here's, here's where we're going to sum it up. As Lacanians, we can definitely state 
that what's Lacanian? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm we sorry. We just talked about this like 30 minutes ago. I have just talk about it. Major. Clearly, you didn't right. sit next to TJ on the porch like every night for like a year, just hearing about <laughs> bullshit college. philosophy. <laughs> As Lacanians, we can say that these games. The only are... philosophy that I fuck around with is economic. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put on put on my Lacan hat here. These games are a clear manifestation of the internalization of the representation of the uh can you say with a russian accent and a lisp at the same time the embodiment of you know the west's internalized fat did i say internalized twice i'm trying to like (laughs) break the words up here fascist death drive um so the the other becomes the self and the self through projection convinces the other that he is the self and I know that that was very clear. And it's I just am... Inception with fascism. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I'm trying to think. Um, the mirror stage is emblemized in the... No, I'm sorry. The, the phallic stage is hey, emblemized hey, 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 hey. as these countries penetrate <laughs> the borders nice. of our sovereign state. And then the mirror stage is borne out in the moments in which you must face death and reckon with it as I'm sorry I can't do this anymore. I'm tr- <laughs> this reminds me. Okay, he he was like, oh, you should come to this uh, extra credit lecture for every guest I bring. I get an extra like percentage fu- point whatever, whatever percentage points uh, for the class. And it was like two hours of this rambling on about posthumanism and Shakespeare, and it was completely like unintelligible to anybody that. I don't know. Amazing. Oh God, you came to that, right? I did no, not. It was just oh, just you. me, me and Nadia. No yeah. thanks. <laughs> but anyways, that was my uh, that was my attempt at being a, a oh, Lacanian professor. Jesus Christ! Beautifully done. Man, we would lose. Imagine if I did that at the top of every episode. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, it'd be over. <laughs> I'd quit. Yeah. <laughs> then you could say you can make all the actual threats that you want after that. No one's fucking listening. It's true. <laughs> all right. Um, you just have to figure out how to put your actionable threats into philosophical <laughs> bullshit speak. Please don't. Yeah, that's true. Please don't make me analyze that. <laughs> well, yeah, make Alex listen don't, to the whole thing before that. he has to cut anything. <laughs> the, uh, the thing I would end with would just be to say that if these games properly showed the power of Juche ideology and converted gamers, <laughs> gamers, in fact, could be the revolutionary class. I... Gamers and are that revolutionary class. Sorry. Gamers are proles. There you go. Gamers rise up. <laughs> That's right. Gamers rise up. I, I would invite you guys to just look at the comments section of like any any, any Kotaku. <laughs> it's it's false consciousness. Okay. Yeah, just go on Xbox Live for like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're the lumpen proles. But are you trying to tell me those people aren't ready for revolutionary violence? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes, yeah. great okay. point. Great okay. point. They are they are primed. Just against Jimmy, like women me. in video games. All right, yep. <laughs> Gamers are. Yeah, that's right. We just need the mind games vanguard party. There it is. God bless. Um. Well, on that note, now that we have uh, the official endorsement of Jimmy Falun Gong for the Mind Games Vanguard Party, um, 
pamphlet's coming soon. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, is there anything that you uh, would care to plug or or drop? Oh, before we do this, do you want to do uh, pools of blood? Oh yeah, yeah shit, we, we got to do swimming pools. You have blood. you have to give a rating to these, and these bad boys. We're gonna. You're familiar with the rating system. Tangentially, yes. at least. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yes. um, so are we. W- yeah, yeah right. I, we're probably as familiar as you are. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, what I think we should do is we should just lump these games together as like sure. a a trilogy, a spiritual trilogy. So, so the, for U- the, f- the U.S. invaded trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the U.S. The U.S. is uh, virginity tarnished. <laughs> our, our shore. Yeah. Our shore soiled. The, like uh, the what's fascist longing for penetration. Penetration yeah. nation reminds me of uh, <laughs> Quentin Compson and like the sound and the fury, just like obsessing over if, if, whether or not his sister got railed. Oh yeah, we're just obsessing whether or not we're about to get <laughs> railed. <laughs> it's a good memory. Um, but, and you kind of want it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you kind of want it to are. happen. You kind of want to be the one doing it. Like it's all kinds of yeah. It's the li- the libidinal urge, man. <laughs> like it. That's all it is. Not again. Um, all right, Jimmy. Why don't you Why don't you kick us off with some? We, we actually live here. in a fire station. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're actually firefighters yeah. just waiting for the call. Yeah. Um, this is how we pass the time. Yeah. I forget is, I forget is the number of swimming pools <laughs> related to how good it is or how bad it is. It's I how get it's, it mixed up. Which it's way. how. Uh, it's. Well, I mean, the higher it goes, the more like damage you think it's done whether psychological or real world societal (laughs) if it's made you mad Mm. yeah if it just makes you personally angry like bioshock infinite yeah (laughs) well i guess maybe like a three because i don't really feel like it's done the most harm three swimming pools probably for me three swimming pools uh i would i would probably go I'm going to go lower and go with a two. Um, not only do I think it's done that much harm, but I also think that it's, they're just not like serious enough to like, you know, they're just kind of silly. They're interesting and, and fun to talk about, but they're not, I don't know. I don't think they're persuading a lot of people that like the U S it really needs to be at arms with North Korea or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a one and a half. Okay, because these games essentially just feel like the meme where the guy's riding a bicycle and sticks the <laughs> <laughs> a stick in the tire spokes or the wheel spokes, and yeah, th- that's I don't know. Also, like I would give it a little bit higher if they had like the the gumption to actually say what they're trying to say to do say, China just to do China yeah 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 if yeah. it were do if they if they yeah. done China I would I'd kick mine up too yeah this is this is For the sure. let's go Brandon of <laughs> calling out other yeah Buck Fiden yeah I'd give it like a literally like calling way out outside your weight limit like <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs> yeah I'd give it like a two two probably I like the Freedom Fighters, I feel like, has just like a charm from like the age it came out of, and you're literally playing like mm. Mar <laughs> New York Mario <laughs> uh, in the 21st century fighting Russians. Um, and honestly, for 2003, right? 2003 for Freedom Fighters, yeah, that was maybe something like that. Yeah, graphics really not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it fine. Looks, it looks good. It's it's playable. But I think ultimately they're all just kind of goofy. Like yeah, the second 
Homefront game, like the dialogue in that game, like even if they're they were saying something, it's all in like sub Joss Whedon like quippy nonsense. It's like yeah. the worst thing ever. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't think it's that that big of a deal. Oh. I think there's a lot to talk about about it, but it's not doing much damage to anybody because it's too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it could be doing more damage, but yeah. they decided to take the right. home front one online, offline. Right. Right. Because um, that, that was actually it's decent. because they were, yeah, they were afraid one. of the revolutionary class. True, <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. The potential. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of cool. That was probably the best thing about that game was that the online was somewhere halfway between you know call of duty and battlefield yeah yeah that was neat oh i forgot to mention one of the youtubers called john milius a military historian <laughs> which i thought was just amazing <laughs> oh god i fucking hate youtube um once again everything said on youtube is true <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right um jimmy is there anything that you want to to plug to leave us with yeah, but what do we have yes. looking? So, what, what are we looking forward to on the next episode of Programmed Chill? Well, pretty soon you guys will be guests. Whenever I get around to editing the episode, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean get around. I mean I've been busy at work, but still, right. still, um, yeah, lots more on Japan for sure. You guys are going to guest as well. I would plug obviously my show Programmed to Chill. It's pretty cool, but also since I know that recommending your listeners get into juche ideology is a little bit of a stretch <laughs> i would plug the book patriots traitors and empire the story of korea's struggle for freedom by stephen gowans for a much better context to why it would be justified if the korea if <laughs> korea invaded the united states right on um i'm being flippant of course but like seriously like it is a great book that explains so much about korea that i feel like most people as a baseline americans and probably other countries too just don't understand that much about that conflict and so that's a really good book that i would recommend hell yeah there we go rock on well jimmy thank you so much for uh, yeah thanks for joining for us joining us um and thank you for yeah no check, problem. checks in the mail yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh, being the the, like I said, the coherent, centering voice that we need. Um, <laughs> next week we'll be back to our typical. Yeah, if you like any of just like the stupid nonsense we ramble about that we clearly don't have a very good a clear on. opinion on or a unified <laughs> opinion on, then just go listen to his podcast. That's much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Program to chill rocks. It's yeah. I I've cut my podcast listening down to like pretty close to zero and the uh, the only show that i reliably listen to every episode of now is yours so um thank you yeah. i listen to you guys and yeah like now that i make podcasts i do not listen to that many <laughs> podcasts anymore no uh -uh. well yeah thanks a bunch man mm -hmm. oh and we have to all say thank you bye 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 <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs>